0: friends before we start the show i wanted to introduce you guys to em media and video they are local to philadelphia they are great for filming video productions for commercials and they do audio voiceovers for radio commercials as well amongst a slew of other helpful promotional production needs so if you want to reach out to them call 267-528-7890 to get your quote today
1: Hey, everybody, C. down here, and welcome to Dopamine, the show that is like an old dog. You just can't put it down. Today on the show, we are talking about feeling stupid, and feeling stupid linked to shame, and shame linked to external judgment. Now, I've talked about external judgment quite a bit on this show throughout the length of it, but, um, I think it's something worth reiterating, and uh, there are some things on here that I think can actually help some people uh, with some logical reframes to get through some of these ideas. So we're gonna jump right into it and hit the button and do the thing here on dopamine. Let's go. Drums, please. <laughs> Hello friends, welcome to Dopamine C-Note here, a.k.a. Christian Rivera. I am a digital producer, which means photo, video, graphic design, and audio slash podcast production, basically podcast production. Mm -hmm. Uh, I am your host of Dopamine, a show that's been running for over 300 episodes now of me just talking to myself, which is great. Never thought I'd be doing something like this. And through much of it, um, I've kind of had to work through the process of like, feeling comfortable talking to myself and it's been a really strange thing to think about in terms of uh i don't know humanity and i don't know what i am as a person whatever that means (laughs) um I mean, usually when someone's talking to themselves, you're like, oh, man, this person's cuckoo. But uh, I've, I, when I was a kid, I used to talk to myself all the time. So it's really nice to be able to do this in like an official format. It's pretty cool, actually. Um, and, and not be it, it's, you know, widely acceptable. I think there's a lot of things that I did when I was a kid that are now widely acceptable in terms of like, you know, arguing with people on the Internet <laughs> and internet dating. Uh, I don't do that anymore, but I remember at the time, I, I mean, I did it in its early days. Now it's like quote unquote normal. So there's just a lot of things like that. You know, nerds are cool. Now it's cool to be a nerd depending on what kind of nerd you are, I guess. But, um, for the most part, the type of nerd that I am is in vogue. So that's weird. Uh, And at some point throughout all of those things, like talking to myself, being a nerd, uh, et cetera, you know, I I I feel stupid at one point or another. And feeling stupid is what I want to talk about on this episode, because feeling stupid is akin to shame. And shame is a very, very difficult emotion to work through. Shame is something that Brene Brown talks about quite a bit. And While we haven't gotten through that section in the chapter of her book yet, Molly's been listening to it and sometimes she has it on while I'm in the room. Um, She was talking about shame last night and shame being um, uh, basically feelings associated with your identity, who you are and expressing who you are. And if you're going to be starting a podcast or you're going to be trying to market something or you're trying to talk about your mental health or you're trying to even just talk to your partner or your boss or try to speak up in any context, like working through a sense of feeling stupid or shame for things that you believe in, for things that you are is a challenge and it takes bravery and it takes courage to not just be a victim and accept the repercussions of not speaking up, but to be able to take a sense of, of ownership of your life and speak up for what it is that you believe in. And, that is really the crux of feeling stupid. I don't even know if I'm using that word right, crux, but it's that's the main idea of uh of, of feeling stupid is it it's about shame and it's about feeling uncomfortable and it's about uncertainty. And for me, when I when I think about feeling stupid, I feel the most stupid and the most inelegant around emotions and emotional expression because For me, it feels like in my head that emotional expression comes out whiny, it comes out inelegant, and I don't necessarily know which emotional thought is true, like what is valid. And that is the most confusing to me because I think for a lot of INTPs, I'm an INTP and a lot of thinker types, it's really easy to dismiss emotion. It's really easy to look at emotion as something that is irrelevant to the story. Like that's not information. It doesn't matter. But emotions are most definitely information. and something that absolutely needs to be considered in the big picture of anything that you're you're doing, making big life choices, um, you know, uh, uh, making decisions for your day to day life, your goals, your life path, like those are things that need emotional check ins at the very minimum to assess, you know, what feels good for us. And feeling stupid is an emotion that, you know, we need to assess in those moments, like, okay, why do I feel stupid? Why am I feeling this sense of shame? Am I scared of a reaction? Am I scared of um, what I will think of myself? If I say this out loud, am I scared of the physical repercussions? Like, is someone going to attack me for saying this? (laughs) Is someone going to, uh, am I going to lose my job? May my relationship be at risk if I say what I actually feel and what I actually mean? And I think the most important part of expressing whatever it is that's making you feel stupid is that if you don't express it in the moment that you are currently feeling stupid, it's going to manifest in other ways. Like emotions don't just dissipate. They have to go outward, like they have to find a way out somehow. Um, This could be my bias with having extroverted feeling in my cognitive function stack. But, you know, it's it's about for me, I have to get it out there. Right. Emotions just don't dissipate. And I'm sure introverted feelers would recognize some version of that. Like there has to be an action associated with their emotional state. Otherwise it just kind of festers and harbors and stays in there. It attaches to something and lives there. Right. And so attaching some sort of action or process or, um, reconciliation or a conversation or something to your emotional state is not going to let it manifest later in ways that you may not expect. Harboring resentment is one of those things that, that comes up for me. Uh, if I don't address something in the moment, I need to make sure that it's not going to creep in in other ways. One of the more recent uh, examples of that is there, there's something I've been working through. Again, emotions in general are kind of tricky for me, but um, I'm very much aware of my own emotions. I just don't really know how to express them elegantly. Um, who will accept my in, in elegance? <laughs> and, uh, you know, Molly's really great at giving and holding space for that. So many more people have been, I mean, you guys have been holding space for listening to this on my podcast for forever now. So, um, there's definitely some inelegance that has come out through that. And I've been practicing through this podcast, uh, ways to bring out emotion through my logical discussions. Like the way that I talk about my emotional state and the things that I work through in mental health and all of that stuff on this podcast is the way that I talk to myself all the time. I just happen to be recording it. So this is, you know, usually I I look at my emotional state as like something I'm curious about. For me, it's like, you can translate it to like a physical object, like a little cube in your hand or something. And I'm like turning it on all sides. And I'm trying to figure out, okay, what is this thing? Like, where did you come from? What is your purpose? Like, why are you here? What are you doing to me? (laughs) What is your presence uh, causing? And You know, how do I give you what you need? It's almost like you think of it as like a little thing you have to feed, as opposed to something you have to get rid of, right? And maybe that's the healthy reframe: is looking at your emotional state as something you have to feed, as opposed to something you have to just shoo away, right? Because it's like uh, uh, if you (laughs) if you shoo away uh, an animal, they they might come back in an aggressive sense. Whereas if you feed it, it might come back, but it's going to come back in a way that's like seeking a love and food and attention in a positive way. And you could start to learn over time how to properly nurture Like this thing becomes a pet, becomes a thing that you work with. And uh, it, it becomes something that is a positive in your life as opposed to something that's just bugging you and annoying you and keep, keeps coming back to your doorstep. So, um, you know, that, that one recent example I was going to get to was... Um, you know, M- Molly as an ENFP, she has introverted feeling and introverted feeling for those of you not familiar is, uh, something in relation to it, it. It's in the similar vein to introverted thinking in the sense that it is assessing all emotional states. A lot of the time when ENFPs or EFPs or anyone who's has introverted feeling in their stack. So NPs, um, well, no FPs really. And, um, any, any of the FPs are going to be assessing and playing with emotions growing up, like not playing, but like, they're going to be trying them on um, throughout life. And the way that I can kind of just pull data from different sources, and then like, kind of align them and connect them, you know, FPs do that in a very similar way, but through emotions, which is a heavier process, but she's um, having emotions in the moment that even though I could quote unquote, correct her and tell her that, um, a few seconds later that, you know, uh, uh, a specific example of that actually is like, she had left her, her, her (laughs) sour cream and cheddar chips out on the table. Um, and they were in the bag still, but they were kind of like opened a little bit and, um, like we don't have bugs or anything, so we're cool, um, and we don't do that very often. <laughs> but she's like, "Oh, I left my chips out," uh, and she was like really sad about it. She's like, "Oh, they're gonna be stale now." And I was like, "Hmm." So I just grabbed the bag and I just ate one. I was like, "Nope, they're fine." And she was like, "I was like here," and um, and she was like, "Yeah, but but my sadness is still valid." And I'm like, "Yeah, it's still valid, but here it's better now." <laughs> and uh, but but the point is like you know. That emotion that she felt in that moment is still a valid emotion in that moment. And that is a very FI thing of having her emotions in the moment, having those emotions validated, even though there's a solution and there's a way to fix it and there's a way to move forward, that emotion that occurred is still valid to her and something that she is still taking in as emotional information, as a feeling that she's like kind of cataloging in her heart in a way, right? That's, that's kind of like one way to look at it, Um, or at least the way that I look at it. So one of the things that I've been working on in relation to that is finding a way to validate her emotions without just trying to fix it and validating in a way that is still authentic to me as well. Like, I don't want to just get into a place where I'm just saying like, that emotion is valid without actually believing it, right? I don't want to get into this relationship game where you're just kind of like appeasing each other. Right. That's like a lot of relationships end up doing that. It's like, it's like the habit of like saying, I love you when you get off the phone instead, instead of actually meaning it. Right. You just say like, I love you. Like, cause I love you too. <laughs> you know, like, I'm, like you're just, that's just what you're supposed to do. I don't want to get into that habit neither of us wanted to get into a habit of doing things like just because we're appeasing each other. So for me, understanding her emotional state, while a lot of it has been through a process of feeling really stupid in terms of like missing things, like so much has gone over my head in the process of trying to understand her emotional state or even understand or validate her emotional state. It's been a massive challenge to recognize all of that as like a part of the process and then finding ways for me to to validate her emotional state by using my logical deduction to meet her where she is and actually authentically believe her emotional state and then genuinely validate it. But that's taken a lot of time and I felt pretty dumb in the process. We're going to take a quick break and we'll keep talking about feeling stupid. So one of my favorite things about this feeling stupid concept is that most of the time, even though feeling stupid is an emotional thing, feeling stupid is can sometimes be fixed, quote unquote fixed, with a simple logical reframe, you know, depending on the context, of course. But I'm going to give you an example, like I just recently edited a video of uh, an open mic night where there was a bunch of teenagers, their high school kids who were doing this amazing project of doing an open mic night at a local cafe. And it was full of people. And these kids were singing songs, reading poems, doing talks, sharing, Both the positives and negatives and difficulties in their life, sharing their emotional experiences and sharing it publicly, not only sharing deep emotional things, but having to do it on in a stage setting in front of people. And for a lot of them, I'm sure being on stage was it was the first time for them to do that. And one of the things that I've noticed in teenagers in particular, especially in that moment, but like I've noticed my little brother has done that and I recalled myself doing that. You know, you can see it at like any kind of stage play that teenagers will do if they're inexperienced and really anyone who's trying to do this for the first time. It seems like the default logic is that if I'm screwing up, as long as I look like I'm not trying, then people won't uh, judge me for it. Right. So. There's this look that teenagers get in their eyes where they start like looking up in the corner and they start like slouching and they stop trying, right? They're still doing it. Like they're still doing the thing that they need to do. But if they look like they're not trying, then they'll be less likely to be judged for it because there's something there with the assumption that if we give something an authentic try and then we fail, that it's worse than if we barely tried and then we failed, Right, because we didn't try, so you know, no big deal. I felt like my entire high school career was that. Right, I, I like I didn't try, I, I didn't even bother. Like I, because I felt like one of the things that I value most is uh, competence. Like I don't want to look stupid, I don't want to feel stupid. So, if I was not in the race, if I was not in the competition at school of trying to get the best grades, then you know, then it didn't matter what grades that I got. Right. And I think the problem there is the assumption that there's a competition to begin with, or at least in my, you know, in my experience. And I think that's probably the same thing for a lot of these teenagers is that they're assuming that they're in competition with each other, but it was an open mic night. There is not like a prize for best performance or something like that. Right. And it's funny though, because you can tell the FE kids from the FI kids, (laughs) the FE kids were a little bit more concerned with how people felt about them. And they were more uh, expressive about it, the eye rolling, stuff like that. Um, so that was really interesting to watch and really interesting to think about. And I think feeling stupid can often be in relation to fear of judgment. And not that I haven't touched on that in this episode already, but fear of judgment is probably the, the, the main source of feeling a sense of shame. Fear of, of judgment of things that you're already judging yourself for. Let me say that again. Fear of judgment for things that you're already judging yourself for. So if you're already judging yourself, then of course you're going to apply that fear to other people because you're just like, oh, I already noticed this thing. So if other people notice it, then I'm ruined. <laughs> and I just just that's just not even remotely the case. Like most people. It's it's another kind of like middle school trope to just like teach a middle schooler like don't worry about what other people think because everybody's focused on themselves. And again, if you take a time take time to stop, even as an adult, and look around like look around at the conference room or look at the round at the coffee shop or stop and look around wherever you are, you're going to notice that everyone is fixated on themselves. You may have a few people like yourself observing the room and people watching and things like that, um, but most of the time, people who are judging other people are those who have already judged themselves. So I I think another example is like, uh, I think about the people on like Bravo, that TV channel and they're very, or like the real housewives and all that stuff, which is usually showing on that channel. Um, the people that are often the most put together and overly put together, I find, um, and this is not universal, but I found in a lot of cases, uh, in, in those situations where someone who is in you, you find people who are incredibly judgmental, not judger as in judger in Myers-Briggs, but judgmental in the negative social context, judgmental people tend to be the most put together. Like someone who is going to judge someone based on their physical appearance is going to be the most put together. And often you will find that they end up judging themselves in that process. Also, like there was someone that, um, I, I basically caught her judging other people. And then there was a moment where I, I was filming the event and she was like, oh, don't put the camera on me. Like, uh, don't make me look fat, like that sort of thing. And it's like, mother, if you are judging other people, like that's likely because you're judging yourself so harshly. So think about that. Think about that. Think about two things, fear of judgment of yourself because you are already judging yourself and then fear of judgment from other people because you are judging other people. Right? So think about one of those two things and try to assess what is more true for you. Are you someone that is being judged or, or rather feeling like you're being judged because you judge other people or you judge yourself. And if you are judging yourself, uh, I'm, I'm saying this as if I have solutions for these things. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just kind of talking through it. Um, but, but these are just things to notice and to think about because, you know, if you're, if you're fearing judgment of other people, you're feeling stupid about something, about putting something out there. Um, you know, one of the things that I can offer is that you don't know until you know, I, I think that is the main thing about feeling stupid. You feel stupid because you don't have information You feel stupid because you haven't tried the thing yet, right? So you feel stupid because you just haven't taken the brave step to put it out there. And that's not to say you can't be brave. I think you should be brave. This is my call to action for you to be brave. The one thing that you feel stupid about to keep trying it, you know, like a kid, a toddler doesn't feel stupid about the fact that they can't walk. They just have this drive to do it because they are not yet in a place where they are thinking about social judgment of their inability to walk. They are just up and going and walking and trying and and falling on their butt and doing it again and trying again and doing it again, right? So in any context, like feeling stupid is all a construct that is in your head. Like, sure, maybe there have been circumstances where you have legitimately been judged and you feel a sense of shame about that. But it's up to you to pinpoint that that judgment came from that specific source, right? If you were judged in high school, if you were judged from, you know, a parent, if you were judged from a coworker, if you were judged from, you know, a a boss, you were judged from that specific person, that specific person does not represent every person within that category, right? Your mom judging you doesn't mean that other moms are going to judge you your boss judging you doesn't mean your future bosses are going to judge you in that way. Right? So that's if I can give you one technique, it is to make sure that the judgment that you are referencing when you were feeling stupid, that that judgment came from a specific source. Again, if there was actual judgment, I'm not talking about assumed judgment, but if there was an actual judgment that made you feel bad and it was not something that you can fix, In that moment, or you have a circumstance that they didn't understand, and it still made you feel shame, understand that whether or not their judgment was valid, it came from a specific source. And that specific source does not represent other people. So that should not rob you of your bravery to put that out there somewhere else. Does that make sense? So, I mean, I hope that's helpful in that sense. And... You know, feeling stupid in, in terms of getting uh, feeling a sense of bravery and putting yourself out there is it's, it's a hard thing to work through. It really, really is hard. It takes practice and takes time. Uh, I, I'm an INTP and I don't think about cultural norms quite often. Like social stuff does not trip me up like I will cause problems anywhere I go. I don't care. <laughs> but um, certainly I feel fear of judgment from the people that I love and the people closest to me and, um, you know, it trips me up all the time. I don't say the things that I want to say sometimes or do the things that I want to do. But I think understanding that regardless of whether or not you do something with it in the moment, that it's going to come back to you one way or another. And you've got to put something into action to resolve this and turn this emotion into your friend, this emotion of feeling stupid into something that is not a negative emotion, but it's a beacon. It's, it's the same way that something that Molly's been teaching me actually through her FI is, is feeling this sense of like emotions, not being tied to a negative or positive polarity. Like it's not, it's more of a neutron than it is a positron or or positron, (laughs) a proton or an electron. I like positron better. Um, Proton or electron. It's not, it's not positive or negatively charged until we assign positive or negative charges to it. So, you know, a feeling of envy or jealousy, for example, is not necessarily a negative emotion. Like, I think we assign it socially as a negative emotion. But um, but that's because there's like public ostracizing and sometimes the way that people express envy or jealousy is unhealthy. And we don't see as many healthy expressions of jealousy or envy as we do negative ones. So it's easy to make that assumption. And I would beg you to not take the easy road, like to take a moment to assess your emotions in as neutral of a place as you can. I know that's harder for some feeler types because it's just going to happen. It's going to feel, but you you recognize when you're attaching things to other things, recognizing when the emotion that you're feeling is automatically being attached to something in your past or something in your life currently that doesn't have an inherent association to it, something that you are subconsciously attaching to it. So finding ways to detach it for a second and look at it and say like, okay, why am I feeling this jealousy? What is this? What is a signaling to me? Is this telling me that I want to improve in a certain way? Is this telling me that, I'm feeling insecure about my relationship. Does This is telling me that I need to have more conversations with my partner. Does this is making me, making me feel like I'm not being seen and I want to have that discussion with someone, you know, what does this actually mean? Right. And just take a moment to try to attach, to try to detach the positive or negative. And it's not that you can't feel that, you know, you're feeling the emotion. You're, you're, you're letting it be like, you're letting it be what it is. But emotions are signals in the way that data is an obvious signal you know and, and maybe that's one way to really look at it is like these emotional states are signals so much not so much as they are positive or negative connotations when we assign positive or negative connotations to these things that is when we are adding social judgment to the to the to the mix when it doesn't belong there so i implore you be brave don't feel stupid I mean, feel stupid. That's fine, but allow that feeling to be something that propels you into bravery and go forth with that. All right. Ooh, I feel like Renee Brown after that episode, but I think it's really important. Feeling stupid is really hard to work through. So, um, thank you guys for listening to the show. Hit me up a let's go see note on all the social channels. And, um, yeah, that's really it. Um, Yeah, I'll catch you guys later. Hit me up. at let's go C Note, and I'll talk to you guys next time here on dopamine. See you guys. Hey, you beautiful human. Thanks for listening to dopamine and providing your support for this show. I really, really appreciate it. If you really love this show, leave a review on iTunes and Stitcher to show some love for the podcast. You can also check out cnote.media to check out my work and my courses. But um, with that, we'll catch you next time. See you guys later.
0: a reminder for you guys to go check out em media and video by calling 267-528-7890 they are a way for you to do cheap commercial production uh, for video and for audio they do voiceovers and can help you get into the market so they primarily work in philadelphia but they can help you anywhere across the country so again 267-528-7890 to get your quote today see you guys
1: This has been a C-Note Media Production.